0: Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased today to welcome Sarah Lomelin. She is the CEO of Philanthropy Together. Sarah, thanks so much for taking the time to come talk with me today.
1: Thank you so much, Steve. I'm thrilled to be here with you.
0: Um, I was really excited to learn more about the work of your organization, but for folks that don't know Philanthropy Together yet, can you just introduce uh, that work, who you are and what you do?
1: Yes, of course. So Philanthropy Together was born um, out of an idea from many uh, giving circle network leaders back in 2017. A group of us got together thinking that, you know, there is not a way um, to convene people that are part of the collective giving movement, right? So back in 2017, I was working at the Latino Community Foundation in San Francisco, where I started the Latino Giving Circle Network. which is a network of giving circles um, for the Latino community, and I got to meet different people that were working with different communities. So uh, people from Philanos, which is this big network of women's giving circles, uh, the community investment network, a a network of black giving circles in the South, um, Amplifier, which is a network of uh, giving circles based on Jewish values, et cetera, et cetera. So we got together for a couple of days with a small grant from the Gates Foundation. And after a couple of days thinking what is needed for our field of collective giving, we came back to the Gates Foundation and we said, we know we need something, but we don't know yet what we need. So we embarked in a full year of a co-design project and we involved uh, more than a hundred voices. So we had hundreds of hours of Zoom calls uh, before (laughs) Zoom was even popular. Yeah, we should have bought stock at that moment. we did working groups and we ended up uh, at a convening at the gates foundation in 2019 um, with a room full of post-it notes and it was you know incredible because in 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 true giving circle you know way uh, that it's about you know hearing everyone's voices um we uh got all that input and philanthropy together is basically the brainchild of more than 100 people And we went back to the Gates Foundation with a beautiful business plan of a five-year initiative. And they gave us a seed grant um, and we launched uh, April 1st of 2020. Imagine that, (laughs) yeah, imagine (laughs) that, Uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we have been working and having fun since day Since day one. Our mission is to democratize and diversify philanthropy through the power of collective giving. And um, we started as you know an organization to support the American Giving Circle model. And then after a couple of months in, we were having people from Australia and Chile and Germany and Shanghai uh, reaching out to us. So we suddenly said, OK, there is this appetite um, for this kind of work uh, globally. So we are a global organization and uh, we're working with giving circles and with collaborative funds and donor collaboratives.
0: So pretty important concepts, some of which may not be familiar to everybody. I think most people have maybe heard of giving circles, but how do you define that particular way of people building community together to talk about change in the world? what, What makes a giving circle?
1: Yes, so this is a very good question. So um, a given circle is not crowdfunding, right? Because a lot of people confuse it. They think, okay, it's a crowdfunding campaign, everybody comes and gives. No. It is collective giving, like crowdfunding, yes. But in order for you to have a given circle, you have to have four different elements and the first of them is to create a sense of belonging right this is not individual philanthropy you need a group um you need to create a sense of being part of something that is bigger than yourself um people that you know talk about their shared values and their shared vision for the world and then the second part is to create um to open a space for discourse so the great thing about giving circles is that you can have people with different point of views, but that they find something that, you know, speaks to to the group. Um, And and we can see our similarities instead of our differences. And we hear different perspectives and we still can go and back, you know, an issue that we care about, something that we're passionate about. Um, then a Giving Circle is totally rooted in trust, right? Uh, in a given circle, you have this pool fund of money ready before people know where that money is going to, to go. So there is trust in each other as given circle members. There is trust in the process. And the whole idea is that this, that trust will be transferred to the leaders on the ground, because at the end of the day, as you and I know, you know, as donors, we know a little bit about different causes but the people that really know what their community needs are those nonprofit leaders working on the ground, right? So we should just, you know, give the funds to the leaders on the ground so they can use it for the programs that they need, that that their community needs. And then at the end of the day, everything is around abundance, right? In a giving circle, it's not only about um, how we move more money, but it's giving your five Ts. So you give your treasure, which is your, your financial contribution, your time, so your volunteering time, your skills or your talent, your testimony, and your ties. So all of us are part of different networks, different groups, and we can open doors to those nonprofits that we care about and the causes that we care about. And our testimony, right? Our stories, how do we, elevate the message uh, of those causes. So anyway, long story short to <laughs> say that a given circle is a group of people with shared values that get together to create change.
0: And I think it's important as you started right away to differentiate from, you know, charity A has a community center in this neighborhood. It needs a new roof. They're trying to get a big bunch of people together to crowdfund the roof. Now that's the charity driving the selection process of what the good is and asking people to participate and all that. And that's an important part of philanthropic work all over. But what you're saying is a group of people identifying themselves in community first. So how does that first person, small group of people, whatever, say, I want to start a giving circle that's defined by people that I go to church with, folks that live in my neighborhood or, you know, alumni from my school or whatever the thing may be that brings them together? How do those first few folks say, I want to do my giving collectively rather than just waiting to respond to individual donor pitches?
1: Totally. And I feel that, you know, I always, um, say to nonprofits right like giving circle members are not your regular donors are not passive that first you know few folks that first you know co-leaders or the leader or the first person that gets this idea they want to roll up their sleeves and take action right and they are not waiting for you know a big foundation or a big corporation or a millionaire to come and support uh, a cause that they care about they know that even if we individually can do so you know we can give a few dollars or a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars if we get together with other people our impact is a lot um, stronger so mm-hmm. yes you know it's people that are really um taking action and we saw a lot of this um uh during the pandemic Um, Something that I want to note, because, you know, some people said like, oh, what you guys are doing is really innovative. It's not. I mean, Mm -hmm. the whole idea of people banding together to create change is as old as humanity itself. There has been, you know, collective giving efforts and community philanthropy efforts, you know, for many, many, many hundreds of years. Um, They're not new. They're not American. And it's just, you know, us trying to put these, you know, spotlight in the in the power that we have as regular people, when we come together with like minded individuals
0: we were just talking ahead of recording about you know the giving usa type reports of you know this much is institutional philanthropy and this much is individual donors and individual donors uh, as a group of course do more giving than uh foundations do or corporations do but i think tr- trying to see themselves as a collective entity as get- coming together in groups it-, it feels like that's a little bit Less visible, I guess, to the average ordinary, you know, a nonprofit person out there. Uh, you know, I can go look up a directory of foundations and find out who got a tax status from the IRS, but I don't know how to understand who are forming giving circles and how are they doing that part of the process, and you know, where where does that kind of originate from? So, as you do your work at philanthropy together, do do you? help people identify that this may be a way for them to see that that impact bigger or how do you help spur that new circle to begin
1: yes totally and this is a very good question because you know i spend 10 years as a fundraiser. Actually, you know, I'm the CEO, but a lot of my time, you know, uh, is devoted to to fundraising. And I know, especially when you work for a small uh, or medium-sized nonprofit, that you don't have, you know, a a lot of staff uh, people, that um, staff members have, you know, 10 different hats. And we tend to think about okay, let's focus on the big gifts, right? On the large gifts, because they're only 24 hours in a day. And if Steve is going to give me, you know, $100,000, but Sarah is going to give me $25, I'm going to focus on Steve.
0: Right.
1: Yes, it's logical. At the same time, that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. I think here it cannot be either or, it should be yes and. We as nonprofit development, you know, leaders, uh, people, you know, taking care of uh, fundraising in a nonprofit, we cannot overlook the power of our, you know, the the people around our community, everyday people. I think it's something that I have learned during, you know, the past fifteen years is never assume who can give and who cannot. Because you right. may be surprised, and it is very important to focus on on that community of everyday givers around your nonprofit. Um, your you know your clients, the small businesses around it, um, you know your volunteers, your board members. Why? Because the way you engage them, and you um, you know especially young people, right? Like we we tend to sometimes. Think about you know people in their early 20s starting their career like, oh, you know, I'm not going to focus my fundraising efforts on them because they don't have it, how much are they going to be able to give? We need to engage them. We need to make them passionate about our missions in our nonprofit. Because when someone is passionate about your mission, you are going to have a supporter for life. And again, you know, when uh, talking about the five T's, I have seen in my experience that so many times, those doors that giving circle members that are giving, you know, modest donations every month, the doors that they can open to a nonprofit are 10 times more important than the amount of money that they could give. And then suddenly, you know, five years later, that person that was giving, you know, thirty dollars a month is in a position at google or you know i don't know what (laughs) company to really make a big difference for your organization
0: yeah i think i i understand the that growth mechanic but how do they get what's the nugget that begins them because i i've been making charitable donations for you know 40 years now and nobody's ever asked me to join a giving circle so somebody has to start and say we have something in common, we should do this together. Um, But I don't know how that process organically comes up or if it's something that you have to, you know, through philanthropy together, kind of help nurture. I, you know, you've mentioned that this has been happening for many, many years in lots of places all over the world. Um, I think in the past, it was easier for those of us in the United States to look back and see that kind of thing happening through um, uh, faith communities, where people would would give to, you know, their, their local um, house of worship, and then that organization would meet the needs of the poor, help out with other things in community. But that's not the same thing, because those tend those decisions tend to be made by, you know, church elders or the rabbi, the rabbinical council or somebody who takes the money from the the community and makes decisions about giving it. And that's not how this works. So if I decide I want to start a giving circle just because I want to see a bigger impact, how do I begin if I'm just the only person in it at the start? Right. That's not much of a circle. I got to get more people.
1: That's why we exist. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. um First of all, you know we have on our website PhilanthropyTogether.org, every single resource and you know training and everything that you can find there is free of charge. It's you know it's service for the community. Um, we have a directory, a global directory of giving circles. So first of all, if you get you know this um, appetite or start of starting a giving circle, you can look to see if there's a giving circle already. In existence near you, so you can plug your zip code, you can plug a couple of keywords of things that you know you care about, and you can find a given circle near you. If you don't find one or is not a right fit, then you get invited to start your own giving circle, and we at Philanthropy together we have different programs so our uh, giving circle incubators family of programs is called launch Path. So we started with Launchpad for you, which is um, a training program uh, for regular people. Like you, Steve, want to start a giving circle with your neighbors or you know, with your cousins or with your um, friends from high school. Um, you will uh, sign up for Launchpad. We offer Launchpad for you every month. It's a 90 minute program. So if you cannot do it this month, you can do it next month, whatever. And once you are part of the community of philanthropy together, you will be invited to also, you know, come to uh, group coaching every month. Uh, you can uh, schedule a one-on-one with Taisha Wilson, our amazing director of engagement, if you have questions. So we literally will hold your hand all the way for you to launch your Giving Circle and throughout your Giving Circle journey. So that's one. Then we have Launchpad for hosts which is a program for community foundations, uh, faith-based organizations, or any philanthropic intermediary that wants to host Giving Circles. Um, So, you know, for many, many years, there was this kind of love and hate relationship between Giving Circles and their host uh, institutions, right? Because, you know, some community foundations thought, my God, this is very staff heavy. Um, We're giving a lot of support to this giving circle, we're not seeing, you know, any growth at the same time, the giving circle was thinking, my God, we need more support from the community foundation. So after interviewing um, community foundations that have been doing this work for many, many years and, you know, research of 10 years, uh, we came up with this program to support community foundations to have literally a win-win situation with their given circles. Um, this program, we run it every year. M- most of the time is, you know, between February and March, and it's a six-week program. And again, after that, you're invited to, you know, to, you, to we, we will hold you as a family uh, until eternity. And then, our new program that we're launching this fall and we're super excited is Launchpad for nonprofits because I get it people, I was like you, you know, a development um, uh, professional. And when I started the first Giving Circle of Latino Community Foundation, my idea was how do I build a community of supporters, a community of individual donors around our our, our nonprofit that really, you know, understand and want to get more engaged uh, with our organization. We at that moment, this was back in 2012, not even the full board was giving. So our individual donor list was really, really tight. That's how we started the first Latina Giving Circle in San Francisco. So throughout, you know, these years with philanthropy together, we have seen how uh, nonprofits want to start these fundraising circles or donor of uh, uh, sorry, um, friends of ex nonprofit uh, donor circles, right? So what we are doing with this new program and actually, the first time that we're going to be offering it will be September 28th, uh, and we will be offering it, you know, every six weeks or so. Um, we want we, we we created a program that is directed to nonprofit leaders, nonprofit staff, board members of a small nonprofit on how can you, you know, take these um, elements of a. Uh, True giving circle, like you know, belonging, discourse, trust, abundance, and create a donor circle. Because, as again, you know, going back to what I said about uh, the difference between, you know, a donor that is going to write a check and call it a day, and a giving circle member is that I can assure you that these giving circle members are going to have, you know, your nonprofit jersey on, you know, forever. <laughs>
0: It's like, yeah. A testimony thing you were talking about.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So I wanna come back to the nonprofit circle idea because I think it's an interesting um, leveraging of things that the you've been building strengths in in other ways around the community giving circle. But where a nonprofit circle is presumably more about a specific charity or need in community, a, a giving circle may choose different focuses at different times to um, be the beneficiaries of their giving. Uh, and I think that's the the part of it that maybe is a little counterintuitive to some folks out there if they've never been part of that before to say, well, wait a minute, I'm committing to give money, but then I find out later where we're going to give to. And um, that is a, a more uh, direct participatory process than it is just, you know, you will be informed, but you will be part of a conversation with other people. So um can you talk a little bit about how that decision, like I'm going to commit so many dollars every month or however my giving is going to happen. And that then brings me into community with other people to talk about how are we going to benefit what things. How, how do those decisions get made? And are there some giving circles that have ground rules like well we're going to impact this geography or we're going to try to do other things or are there folks that just change those as they learn more.
1: Yes, and you know, that's the beauty of the giving circle model is that it's extremely flexible, right? And malleable. And you, um, when you create your giving circle, or you as a nonprofit leader, you create your giving circle, you you create your own rules too, right? You are going Mm -hmm. to, to say, this is how we're doing here. Something very important to understand around giving circles is that it cannot be transactional, this is all about relationships right and you were mentioning at the beginning right if i am passionate about something how do you create or how do you build and nurture that passion in 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 your supporters the more information we have about a cause the more information we have about a particular nonprofit programs the more uh, the closer we feel to them, and the more passionate we are about, you know, supporting them. So, in a if you are starting a, a nonprofit circle, it's all about engagement, right? All about, you know, uh, getting people to talk to one another at the individual level, right? A lot of times we say, um, and this is something that I remember from my days at Latino Community Foundation um with nonprofit leaders it's like when you give to people like like if you were given to a to a family member everything changes mm-hmm. so how can we start looking and getting so proximate to the nonprofits that we care about that we really feel like part of the family right and that is you know the the job of you know the program person or the development Person that instead of saying of 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 saying you know oh we're going to get you know send this mass email to five hundred people and see what comes back mm-hmm. is to take the time to really build relationships with people and um, the giving agency to those giving circle members I know you know because you're thinking okay but. I want the money to come to my nonprofit, right? I want the money. <laughs> I want the money to come to my nonprofit. Yes, but this is where you need to think creatively, in which ways you can give some agency of decision making for those given circle members. Maybe you have a couple of programs in your uh, nonprofit that people can, you know pick one or the other. Or maybe, you know, it's a, there is a campaign or maybe your nonprofit gives, you know, scholarships. So can you create um, groups of like, you know, of individuals that instead of giving a, a, a scholarship, each of them, because the scholarship is very large or whatever, they can come together as a group to give together. So how can you create that proximity and that You know, relationship and, 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 you know, closeness with your, with the programs of your nonprofit.
0: So let me ask you about the ability to shift what kinds of impact people may feel that they can make working together in a giving circle uh, as well. Because um, one of the things um, when I first learned about your work that was kind of on the table was looking at how traditional giving and traditional philanthropy may approach things has sort of systemically continued to contribute to inequities and how money gets distributed to different types of nonprofits Uh, um, and organizations that are led by people of color, that are led by gender-diverse organizations, that they tend to get substantially less investment from traditional philanthropy. The giving circle may have more of an opportunity to learn about that impact and maybe value it differently than maybe some other ways of giving. And I, I wanted to ask you to just expound a little bit on how equity may come into play when you talk about this tool to have people work together on how they give
1: yes totally and i love that you're asking that um what i love about giving circles is that we we cannot we're changing how we get but also what gets funded because as you clearly said it right like only 1.2 percent of philanthropic dollars go to support women and girls causes which is ridiculous Only 1.1% goes to support uh, nonprofits led by uh, uh, Latino communities. 0.3% goes to support LGBTQ causes. So the way giving circles work, we are seed funders in a lot of small nonprofits, small grassroots nonprofits that cannot apply for a big grant to a foundation because they're too little, right? So giving circles come as seed funders for this, and we can really make a difference, not only with the funding, but also giving that seal of approval. So that nonprofit after being supported by a giving circle can then go to a corporation, can then go to a foundation and say, I have been been supported by this giving circle for this in the past. Also, giving circles, uh, many giving circles are um, have people from the same community, right? So you, you really have this insider information if you want to see it like that. Um, there are many giving circles that uh, are, you know, uh, Part of different ethnic groups or different faith groups given to the same, you know, to nonprofits that are led by people like them, right? So it's taking the power of what we can do with our donations. And I know, you know, there are many different things in this world that we cannot control, but who do we give our donations? We can control that. And I love, you know, watching your, um, TEDx this weekend, when you said it's like we we need to start looking at each of us as philanthropists, even right. if we can give $25. And that's our whole thing, right? Like last year, you know, when I when I gave my my tech talk to that was the whole thing it's like, people is it's on all of us, we all need to do it. And if we want to change the injustices and the inequities in funding, we need to take charge.
0: Let, let me ask you a little bit of a technical question around that, because if you've mentioned startup funding for organizations that are coming into being to meet needs and and do things differently, um, some of them may not have a tech status yet. Uh, do giving circles uh, by necessity uh, involve themselves in uh, whether it's a charitable uh, institution or whether they themselves are... Um, looking at tax deductibility of their gifts or is that an optional thing that people sometimes bring into play but not always how does the the traditional element of you know if you give to a 501c3 it's a tax deductible contribution but if you're giving to something that isn't incorporated yet you need a fiscal sponsor and all that technical stuff that happens do do giving circles approach that differently do they have a common way of thinking about that
1: very good question so you know years ago there were many giving circles well and there's still uh there is a good number of giving circles that are hosted by community foundations right or Mm -hmm. they the community foundation works as their fiscal sponsor because of course you know Mm -hmm. in the giving circle um, you need to be able to collect those donations there are some very informal small giving circles that maybe you know one of the members will you will say okay i'm going to collect everybody's donation and everybody Benmo you or giving you the checks or or maybe mm-hmm. all the members write the check at the end to the to the organizations that uh, the organization that they are going to support, however, something very exciting that you know has happened in these last few years, they are. Um, many giving platforms that have right. surfaced so we work with uh with some of them and we work very closely with grapevine.org and it's a free uh tech platform for non for uh, giving circles and any collective group and a lot of nonprofits are hosting their you know are managing their giving circles there because you can it, it works like um it looks like a facebook group so you can Talk to each other, talk to the members, do some voting, do polling, share Mm -hmm. documents, collect donations. Um, Everybody, you know, gives there and everybody's going to have a tax deductible uh, receipt. And then at the end of your grant making, you know, uh, cycle, you are going to tell Grapevine, okay, you know, out of those $10,000 that we have, we need you to send 5000 to this nonprofit and the other 5000 to this one grapevine is connected to the irs um uh, database so Mm -hmm. back to your question of the 501 c3 right um with grapevine you can give to 501 c3 nonprofit organizations however there are many not many given circles and especially uh, with the pandemic and after the pandemic that give to individuals or to um, you know groups that are not 501 c3s and yeah there are different ways of doing it like for example grapevine has been working with some of those groups to be able to send some part of the funds to individuals and to, to unincorporated groups. But yeah, we have seen, especially, you know, with the big um, growth of mutual aid societies that we also right. saw during the pandemic, right? Like neighbors uh, helping other neighbors. Uh, but yes, in terms of um, if given circles have are their own 501c3s or not, there are some large given circles. Um, you know, with more than 100 people, uh, hundreds of people, uh, of people actually, um, that are, have their own 501c3 status, actually, a lot of women funds started like giving circles, and then they became, you know, so, um, so big that they are now, you know, women funds.
0: So, I'm glad you mentioned mutual aid in particular, because I do think that that is something that is shifting how people perceive ways to address problems in community without being as focused on um, the, does it have an incorporation, does it have a special tax status, all those sorts of things, but rather what what's the need and what's the impact and being able to make that gift where tax deductibility may not be the most important thing to the donor um, that that may not be you know I'm I'm not giving away a billion dollars and therefore my tax impact is not huge maybe it's more important for me to see that organization is led by the community that's impacted, right? The 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 people that are in charge are the ones that um understand the nature of this problem best. They're on the ground, but they maybe don't have a degree in nonprofit management. They've, you know, that's not how that all worked. And that opportunity to think about finding fiscally sponsored organizations or dealing with giving other ways is all there depending on how the members want to approach that. Right. I mean, isn't it going to be a little bit more driven by the community you mentioned polling and voting and whatnot when it comes time to decide we really do want to step out of the traditional philanthropic mode because of this need that we see being addressed this way Um, That group gets to think about that differently than, you know, a a community foundation with a board of directors or somebody else might. Um, So how do they have that discussion where they have to value impact versus tax deductibility versus other needs or whatever? Um, is, Is there like recommended ways that they vote and decide on how to give?
1: Totally. And actually, you know, we, we're very flexible in terms of we give the whole spectrum of how you can do things, right? Like some given circles come to a consensus, some given circles do voting, some given circles, you know, uh, the way they source the nonprofits that they want to support, you know, the members nominate, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We have come with kind of like a set of best practices or best of class, right? And we really believe, and we have seen many given circles um, introducing this concept of bringing people from the community, as you mentioned, to help them to to help inform those uh, decisions, right? Um, so many given circles invite experts to talk about the issues in the community, Um, some giving circles invite um, experts to actually make, uh, help them make the decision, like the voting of of the nonprofits. And some giving circles have literally stepped back. The members are not making the decision, they are, you know, they are pulling the funds, they are learning together with people of the community, they create this sense of belonging, but at the end of the day, they ask leaders in the community to make the decision of who will be receiving the funding.
0: Which Presumably is, Presumably you know, within some kind of framework though. I mean, if they say, we are concerned about equity and giving, we do want you to be more yes. responsive to um, communities of color, to the LGBT community, whatever. Within that framework, then they can get some additional help in, in executing, yeah. but presumably they're giving that kind of input.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And also, you know, I did kind of like a, like a very proximate um, story, right? Um, in one of the giving circles that I'm part of, some nonprofit leaders after receiving a grant from the giving circle will call me the day after and said, Hey, I want to be part of the giving circle as a, as a donor. Like I really mm-hmm. want to, you know, be on I want to participate. And it has been so incredible to have the perspective of, you a nonprofit leader from our local community in the giving circle, just in the way of, you know, thinking differently, right? Because in my particular giving circle, we have, you know, some women that are, you know, uh, lawyers, some stay at home moms, some, you know, uh, tech leaders, some uh, teachers. Now we have nonprofit leaders. So it's really important to do that. And another part that we did, we wanted to bring younger voices in the giving circle. And we realized like, okay, maybe, um, you know, for a younger woman, it's, it's not possible to give at the level of as what everybody else is giving. So some members have been uh, that are able to give more, they are supporting part of that membership for a younger uh, person to be part of our giving circle, just because we want also to have that that diversity of, you know, thinking when we're making decisions.
0: That's interesting to hear that there may be, uh, again, even that level of flexibility in the decision making that people would get into that we want to value not only the impact in community, but the impact in growing philanthropy, growing giving, and that yes. it does feel hard for some people to do. Um, I know in speaking to my adult children, um, they are much more likely to give in a much more mutual aid model than they are to um, philanthropic institutions or longstanding nonprofits or whatever, because that's that's how they've been sort of seeing impact in the world more directly. Uh, so, if if there's an opportunity to learn from, how does that work for you? How does that particular way of giving, you know, show up in the world, and what does that mean for those of us that haven't traditionally given that way, that that grew up giving differently? It's great to be able to learn from that generational difference as well as all of these other um, pieces. Uh, so, as you continue to do this work and you and you connect to more folks, is there a way of talking about, does this particular way of building community and giving shift the needle any, can we, can we see, is there more equity happening out of um, giving circles than there might be out of just individual donors responding to uh, a request for money that shows up in their inbox one day?
1: Yes, well, and I want to address first what you said about um, uh, young people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is this incredible young woman um, that started her first giving circle when she was in high school, 16 years old, in Arizona, and she, her mom was part is part of a giving circle, and uh, this young woman decided to start a giving circle, and she uh, rallied up 180 teenagers. Wow! And they have given, you know, a, a good chunk of money to support organizations that are um, supporting adolescents. So, you know, around mental health, around homelessness. And not only that, she has trained more than, I think it's like 20 different groups, 20 teenagers in other states that now they're starting their giving circles. So these, you know, um, this model of giving, is extremely you know powerful Mm -hmm. uh with the younger generations why because it's social is not stuffy you come like you know the way they do their their grand nights they get together they have a dj they have food everybody comes together so again you know it's there is the sky is the limit in the things that you can add to your giving circle to fit your group, to make it. It's like, you need to think at the beginning, what is that culture, the culture of my giving circle that you know I, we want to have, right? And create that from the very beginning because a culture is going to be created no matter what. So you need to be intentional in what you want to create. I do believe, Steve, I'm an optimist here that we can move the needle. Um I was um, you know, this uh, you mentioned the Giving USA um report and you know the, this year's report is it's kind of scary to think that, you know, um people are giving less, less people are giving. Uh and we I I, I really think that collective giving and the everyday donor, we have an opportunity here. And it's not only us, because I feel and every day, you know, I, I, I hear from people starting their giving circles. So I know people are generous. But you mentioned, you know, uh, church and, and faith-based institutions. People are not going to church or temple or the synagogue that much, right? How do we create a sense of belonging and a sense of community? Giving circles and collective giving do that. How can we engage younger uh, younger generations, create, you know, a space for discourse, right? Like, I feel that the world is so polarized and we have been become very intolerable in in listening to one another when we think, you know, in the other side of the spectrum. In a given circle, again, because your individual decision gets to the back burner and you are here for the group. You're part of a group. So you right. sometimes, you know, you may you may have this idea that this nonprofit is going to get the grant and maybe w- that won't be the case and you need to be okay with that. So I feel that, you know, giving circles also um, allow us to practice democracy and practice, you know, discourse uh, uh, all the time. So. I, I do feel we have an opportunity to, to make a difference here. And this is not to tell that we don't need the big grants and the billionaires giving sure. and the big foundations. Yes, and we need all of us to, to get involved. And also we need better data because right. there are many informal ways of giving that have not been captured so um i am very you know i, I am, i'm on the board of giving tuesday so i love what giving tuesday is doing with the data commons and you know capturing different ways of giving and also we are in the middle of our uh, updating the landscape research for um giving circles and we will have you know the the preliminary results in a few months and we will write some reports next year And I am very hopeful of what we have been seeing there and the diversity um, and the vibrancy of this movement because it's, you know, people in giving circles come in all ages, all colors, all, you know, uh, um, uh, fates and all, you know, genders. So I am very hopeful about that.
0: We, we are just about out of time, But I do want to um ask you before we wrap up about the um the nonprofit circles that are, are taking some of those characteristics of giving circles and bringing it to a single organization that may sponsor and work with the tactics and the thoughts. I, I do want to mention quickly that when we talked about giving USA, um it is important to say that that is a measure of traditional philanthropy, of tax deductible giving. and uh, and while that has seen some drops, uh, especially against inflationary, um, pressures. Uh, that is that big question of all of these folks that are giving through more mutual aid or, or non-tax deductible mechanisms. You know, Perhaps our giving is greater than we are giving it credit for, we just don't know how to measure that yet. And I think that's important for all of us to Um, not uh, feel like we're losing ground because people are choosing to do things slightly differently. Um, So in terms of choosing to do things slightly differently, in just a couple of minutes, can you talk a little bit about as you're launching in September here, these ideas of uh, what do we learn about giving circles and how does that apply to a nonprofit circle different from that? Um, What could people expect if they choose to connect with you on that and learn more about that as you start offering that?
1: Yes. Um start your giving circle. Why? Because <laughs> you are not only going to create to expand your, you know, universe of donors, you are really going to create, you know, long-term support for your nonprofit. Uh, these giving circle members is uh, there they can also be your pipeline of board members, right? You are creating mm-hmm. people that are going to be engaged. In your organization. And you know, when you were asking how how do we start, right? Many nonprofits start with a board member. Maybe one of your more board members can say, I'll be the first, you know, the, the first member, and I'll invite a couple of friends. You need to find those, you know, people that are already excited about and passionate about your nonprofit. Um, what can you expect is literally long term support and engagement uh, for your nonprofit. And, you know, just just do it. It's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. I know a lot of people think like, oh, my God, this is going to be so much time. No, it may take Mm -hmm. time to get it started. Once it's up and running, it's a well old machine of support.
0: Well, more to learn about that. So we will have links in the show notes to the website for people to be able to learn more about not only the nonprofit circle opportunities, but just more about giving circles, checking out who's active in your area, all of that. So check the show notes for that. Uh, Sarah Lomelin is the CEO and uh, of Philanthropy Together, pardon me. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for taking the time to talk with me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Steve, for having me.